yeah, man, do do as thou wilt. <laughs> um, peak TDs. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereof, welcome to the Selectives Lorecast, a casual Elder Scrolls podcast. Today we're talking about orcs, orsimer, and their culture because they've got one. <laughs> we're trying really, really hard not to think about them as sentient fungus. But as usual, eventually this this will eventually dissolve into a Warhammer 40k cast, as it always does. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Rotten Deadite. Uh, with me today are... Uh, hi, I'm Merlin. I used to be the resident r slash Teslor or Smurf fetishist, and I'm coming out of retirement for this episode. <laughs> uh, I am Andrew, also known as the White Guar. Okay, and I am James, also known as Aramithius. Um, so Orsimer. Orsimer. All right. Orsimer. I assume you guys are just going to sit back and let me ramble for a while. Kind of are. Let's, well, um, are let's talk. Orsimer. Let's, we, we like to do things in chronological order here, or at least I do. Um, yep. in, in some semblance of a, of, of order. Um, we so let's. the same series, right? Time. <laughs> so let's talk about, um, uh, let's talk about how, uh, how the uh, Orsimer happened, uh, because uh, we, it's important to remember, as with all things in the Elder Scrolls universe, you're either a man or a mare. Um, so uh, the Orsimer started as um, Altmer, Aldmer. Yes, with a D. Yes, thank you. Um, just like all elves, one mm, theorizes. Yeah, yeah, depending on who you ask. Yeah. If you ask the Altmer, then. <laughs> um, and uh, and so um, they were, uh, according to one legend, um, n- notably according to ESO, not the Orsimer side of the story, they were transformed into what we now call Orsimer or Orcs, the Pariah Elves, by an event... Uh, which is pretty much the only thing I know about orcs, uh, <laughs> which is that um, uh, Boethia, yes. uh, 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 probably according to Boethia, picked a fight with um, Trinimac, the uh, the hero, one of the heroes of the uh, Aldmer, and um, devoured him and spoke with his voice. Um, what Boethia considered to be the truth right. that Trinimac had been hiding from the Aldmer and then crapped him out and what was left was Malakath, yes. uh, a great big yeah. pile of poop. Now, um, okay, <laughs> so as with everything in the Elder Scrolls universe, the first thing we ask when we read a... Uh, or a, a myth or a story or anything of the sort is where did it come from and what purpose does it serve? So why in God's name would anybody make up a story like that? <laughs> um, well, the reason that Boethia and Trinamac were in this fight in the first place mm-hmm. is because uh, Boethia was leading the Velothi away from Almeris and Trinimac's role as uh, the Mithraic figure from the Aldmer was he was uh, Oriel's right-hand man, basically. He mm-hmm. was dedicated to trying to keep Aldmeris together. A, a cultural hero is, I think, yeah. what he's technically classified as. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, still doesn't make him less of an Aldmer or, using the Marethic era school of thought, yeah. less of a god. Right. Yeah. I would kind of argue, well... I would slightly argue whether we're talking Old Mer at this stage because it was it wasn't Old Meris, it was it, Somerset. Because right. we're talking Middle Merithic. But mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, what always threw me about this is the Velothi weren't the first uh, to partake in the Sundering. That was the Dwemeri, if I remember correctly. But yes. uh, Trinamac didn't really have the ability to stop them. Whereas with the Velothi, he felt that. Yeah, either had to recover from not having stopped the Dwemer or because they were being led away by the Daedra rather than by themselves, he was obligated to do so. So Trinimac and the Aldmeris army, or Somerset army, chased them down, and then Boethia got into a basically champion fight with him as a metaphor for having... Cultural powers, yeah. Basically. Cultural differences mm-hmm. and personified. And then 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's all entirely accurate. I don't think it's ever spelled out that way. No. But that, it sounds, but, but yeah, if you sort of read between the lines with yeah. all the various, and you combine all the various cultural stories together, not only just the Orsimer, but also the Altmer mm -hmm. version of the Orsimer creation yeah. myth, I have to say that sounds like the safest possible way to explain it. I think that's a hundred percent. Yeah. Accurate. yeah. Well, that, there, there is a version that, the, that for some reason the Daggerfall Covenants disallow and claim is absolute heresy. Um, this, um, which I can't remember precisely which one, um, but there's a, there's a ver another version which is kind of interesting. There, there's the idea of that the, instead of Trinimac being devoured by Boethia, mm -hmm. um, we have a, we have a version called Morlock Orc Father, mm -hmm. uh, which is saying that um, that Morlock did it to himself afterwards. He was beaten by Boethia and Malakath, mm -hmm. or not, not and Malakath and Mafala together. And uh, hmm. couldn't stand the shame of it, and so he outcast ripped, himself. Um, yeah, tore the phrases. He tore the shame from his spirit, hmm. um, and that's uh, which incidentally involved slicing open his own chest. So make of that what you will. Oh, that I, sounds uh, familiar. <laughs> yeah, I believe I didn't read this, and yet I wound up writing something very yeah. similar as like my oh, yeah. last published piece. <laughs> well, that that um, uh, I believe that piece is that James is referencing is actually from ESO. It is. Yeah. Um, so do not at any given point. I'm not saying that ESO's writers rip off fan fan headcanon. I wrote mine last year, long after this was released. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but but my statement still holds true. They do yeah. read Reddit. And it's impossible, uh, and the official uh, forums, and it is physically impossible to separate yourself from something you've read. Oh, for sure. So, it, yeah. you know, so don't, so if anybody has written something in the past that then suddenly shows up in some very vague reference or transformed nature in ESO, don't think of it yeah. as ESO is stealing. Think of it as an idea so good that it's propagated. Yeah. yeah. That um, works. Like, like, like Ekmer. But yeah, we've and there's also I think there's also the changed ones, um, which has the change from Ultima to the orcs happening when the followers of Trinamac smear themselves in uh Boethia's leavings. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, is again the kind of doing it to themselves sort of um sort of angle. Yeah. So yeah, it's and then we have Topol, which is uh, we're saying yeah, um, the 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 orcs and other beast folk were already in Tamriel. So yeah, I I, I think it. <laughs> I th I think it's worth pointing out to anyone who read the Greg Keys novels. Oh yeah, <clears throat> which. We're not great. Um, well, apparently they weren't I mean, great. That's an accurate statement. I'll agree with that. They weren't great. Yeah. They were good. Um, mm. However, there is a there is a part where um, we get to see Malakath in Ash Pit, and um, he he says how the whole yeah Boethia pooping out Malakath. That's that's way too literal because mortals have a hard time with abstract concepts. Oh, <laughs> so. <laughs> And so, yeah, he, he, he says that that's all very metaphorical and that's not really what happened. Um, well, I think that's really happened. I disagree. <laughs> I think this is the, the way I prefer my Elder Scrolls lore is it's a metaphor and therefore it actually happened. You know, oh, I, I agree. I, I like <laughs> the idea that he wasn't that it's ridiculous that Trinimac was eaten by Boethia. How in God's name did she do it? With a fork. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, it's that's a completely ridiculous idea, and th mm. that's and then so I like the idea of thinking about it as both, basically, of saying, it, of course, Boethia didn't need him, but also she totally did. You know, oh, yeah. like I like I like do, I like supporting both of those things. Yeah, war of mm. manifest metaphors. Exactly, Sims. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, well, and then, and then on top of that, we've also got Mathala playing a role. Mm -hmm. In this whole thing too, because Mafala showed up, stabbed Trinimac in the back, right? Um, which, which I I think is is interesting, 
considering the um okay the, the dichotomy that we see between Malakath and some of the other dangerous. So Malakath from the from the Dunmer point of view is one of the corners of the House of Troubles. Mm-hmm. Whereas from I mean I, I imagine if if uh, we were to ask an orc and say, Hey, what do you think of Mafala and Boethia? They'd be like mad about it yeah. because that, that that's why they are the way they are. That's why mm-hmm. they are the pariah folk. Um, mm. And so, I mean, I, I think that's, that's kind of interesting to uh, interesting thing to look at. Yeah. Um, you've got this, this mutual, you know, head butting that's, that's going on between these two sides. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Well, that, that's sure. almost happening within orc culture itself. You've got um, you've got the Malakath worshippers who who are glorifying in what they are, and, and this is this is us. We are now the, the sworn oath and the bloody curse, and so on and so forth. And then you've got the Trinamac lot who are saying that Malakath they're saying that Malakath is a lie or Morlock is a lie, depending on precisely who's um, who's writing. And so we should go back and start worshiping Trinamac, which. Mm. ESO is kind of painting as a consistent undertone mm-hmm. throughout all of Orcish history. And it the way that they phrased it is tying Orsinium, the idea of a central Orcish kingdom, to um to tr- to the Trinomac worshippers quite explicitly, whereas the stronghold culture is Malakath. Right. There's a there's an interesting di- um, dichotomy there that they're trying to be different things, which is fracturing a whole people. If I can take this in a really weird direction, uh, oh, I've always put it as the Trinimac people are where red hats that say make Orbis great again. They are <laughs> perpetually calling back to a mythic time of when everything was better and purer and mm-hmm. There was never any chance in a Lorcanic creation that when Boethia and Trinamek fought, that Boethia wouldn't win, uh, just because of how those forces are aligned. But like the Trinamek cult has uh, some really good ideas of how to be more civilized and socially acceptable from the point of view of the rest of Tamrielic society, but doing so requires changing a lot of what actually makes them orcs. So there's a there's always been a lot of really weird tension between the people who take Malakath way too seriously and wind up making the strongholds in Skyrim, which are definitely socially regressive environments, mm-hmm. but they're more true to what the original concept of the orcs is. And then the Trinomac people, which goes against their nature, but also is not really able to ever completely succeed just because of their mythic place in the Orbis, which is one reason tri- Orsinium keeps getting burned down. Yeah. Because they exist to get shit on? Basically, yeah. It's, so there, yeah. There's um, one of the things, one of the themes that's a little bit difficult to deal with in the philosophy that sort of is underpinning in um, in the Elder Scrolls universe uh, in, in, you know, the quote-unquote arena is that there's always got to be a loser. Right. And that kind of seems like the allotment to the orcs, you know, they're always going to be yeah. the, the bad guys. They're going to be the people that everybody blames shit on. And they're going to get, be the people who get run the fuck out of town. And that's just something they have to be comfortable with. And one of the, uh, one of the things that I like a lot about, um, Malakath's sort of personal philosophy that you see in Skyrim and then a little bit of an ESO Mm-hmm. is the idea that he's basically trying to teach his people uh, life is brief and, and really fucking hard. And, uh, you know, you can either get hard or get ground, get, you know, get ground, get, get run over, basically. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, lie down or get down is basically what is basically the message. And it's sort of... Uh, it's a it's a very kind of uh I would I would describe it as a very um angry and bitter uh emotion behind uh behind it but it it's the, but the purpose of it is respectful which is he's uh, Malakath's just trying to help these people survive and For he sure. understands that yeah. mythically they're boned so 
as hard, as cruel and unusual as it is, he's just saying it's going to be bad. So you guys have got to have really got to be up on your, you know, have really got to be confident. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to you've got to be good at what you do. Um, it's sort of like an echo kind of of Vivek's golden path, which we've discussed in the past. Mm. Um, but much, but the purpose and re- result are much more clearly perceived by Malakath, whereas Vivek wasn't entirely sure what was going to happen. Um, and as a result, Vivek wasn't entirely sure how to prepare her, her people for what was going to happen. But, mm. um, but it was a very similar theme, which is shit's going to get bad and you guys got to get ready. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I think is interesting about the transformation and what happened to the orcs afterwards is how Trinimac went from being a strongly Anuic figure to an interesting, not echo, but kind of inversion of Padomaic ideals and right. more closely aligned with uh, where Talos would wind up as mm. far as we live in a kind of shitty world and you have to do the best you can and here's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And whereas Talos had the power available to make an empire of man, Malakath didn't. So they're mm-hmm. more the underclass and doing the best they can with that, but they're still not getting ground down and keeping going after every time they burn Orsinium. And that's yeah. an interesting alternate parallel with how the Manic Empire is Keeps growing, yeah, yes. mm-hmm. and and keeps conquering shit, and yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's not that they're it's not that Malakath is trying to teach orcs to be total badasses so they never get run over, right? He's Just trying to teach them you're going to get run over, so, so this well. is how you cope, yeah, yeah. Not mm-hmm. tires, mm-hmm. exactly, yeah, yeah. Although it doesn't really feel like, um, like I don't know, it, it's I like the parallel with um the with. Um, Vivek's, Vivek's golden path and the general Dunmurray philosophy. It's very, very similar, but there's the kind of the idea of the redemptive suffering and the progression, and then the, and then you you will go through a trial and you will emerge in Dunmur culture. Whereas there's no real moving beyond in um, in orc culture. There's there's no there's no driving goal. It is just it is just bare, it is just bare survival. Right, and there is. Uh, kind of a thought that you, I, you were saying about the kind of a new Padmaic side um, and drive and driving change and that sort of thing. You've got the sim- a similar kind of low level change going on all the time in stronghold culture because you've got the strongest male in charge until he's not, and until he's until he's beaten, and then you've got everyone needing to realign to the new chief and mm-hmm. everything else. You've you've got that constant low level stuff, which is why nothing ever gets off gets off the ground in the way. Um, but that change does does happen. It's just different ty- It's just different types of change, if you like. Yeah, right. It's the it, which 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 results in um, which results in cultural stasis almost because because you're so busy squabbling amongst yourselves, nothing nothing ever actually changes overall. Yeah, right. they're a bit. It's like Brownian motion. It's they're always moving, but they're never actually going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and an, an intrinsically Padmaic concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So what moved the empire then? I, I kind of mentioned this briefly before um, before we went on the cast, but the empire started to accept them for um, during the was it the third era? Was it? Um, I can't remember. What, I I yeah. want to say. Go, go ahead. Yeah. and that was kind of antithetical to the way that Tiber certainly viewed the orcs. It's kind of their their, th- their things to be stomped on and ground into the corner, ground into the corners of Tamriel. He really didn't like the orcs, and that shows quite a bit in the way that the pocket guys written and anything of Tiber's era that talks about the orcs is that they're scum. Oh, that's what made the filthy Breton, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has to, he has to find someone else to hate to ease his inferiority yeah. complex. Everybody's but, like Breton suck. And he's like, yeah, but orcs suck more. And everybody's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, ah, great. They're not talking about me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind I, of what, what made that shift within the empire. That's what I'm kind of curious about. Well, I think knowing what we know about the way the empire has been historically run, it, it's probably a safe bet to say, and I am talking off the top of my head here and partially out of my ass. Um, it probably, they just found that works useful in some way. Mm-hmm. It could have been as thought. simple as, Hey, here's a new race of people that have a lot of money that they've been saving up and we could sell them things. 
And they hate the people you hate. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. they hate the people that we uh, hate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ESO has been kind of backfilling this, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. But now that we have to accept that Tamriel goes through cycles of, mm. hey, the orcs are cool, actually, let's temporarily use them, and then we can go back to killing them later. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Empire now has precedent for what if we granted these people citizenship and see what happens? And then the fourth era has just been bad enough that they haven't gotten around to revoking it yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At the ass end of the third era, it was very much sort of a, you know, Hey, let's give them their own town. Yeah. They're like people now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they've carried on with that. Um, in, in spite of everything, I remember seeing a, a text somewhere that was talking about how, um, the empire actually physically moved Orsinium um, at some mm. point in the in the third loading screen in Skyrim. Sorry, oh, okay. It's a loading screen in Skyrim. That's pretty much it. Oh, okay. We've not got any more information. Okay. Not that I know of. Um, yeah. Yeah. So after the events of Oblivion in early forty, I don't remember the exact year. The Bretons and Redguards got together for a greatest hits tour and burned down Orsinium again. So the Empire moved Orsinium to the mountains between Hammerfell and Skyrim, which is basically yeah. on the other side of Markarth. It's mm-hmm. about where 2.0 is. So Farrakh yeah. kind of asks an interesting question, which is what what went on in the conflict between Trinimac and Boethia that resulted in the elves choosing to be choosing or being cursed to become Orsimer rather than becoming converts to the Velothi tradition? Um there's a sort of like I don't think we've ever actually had a direct answer to this, but there's a bit of a you know, chicken and egg thing happening with uh, St. Veloth as to whether or not he was preaching the, the you know, tenements of Boethia uh, or was he um, preaching against the Adra and then Boethia got in touch with him and said, hey, we mm-hmm. kind of agree on things. Here's some teachings that you might be interested in. Um, and that's important because it means that it, because it affects, how, it, it determines how, the uh, teachings of uh, Veloth, or the preachings of Veloth, would have been introduced in Altmer society. Was he either a nut job who um, uh, worshipped, you know, uh, 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 Daedra, or just didn't particularly like Adra, or thought was something going on, or was he being fed, spoon-fed stuff by Boethia as a sort of a big, oh, I don't know, plot? Um, and uh, and the reason why it matters is because that affects how he would have spoken to other Altmer. Other Altmer would have perceived him as um, either a nut job or a scholar or, uh, you know, somebody who's trying to who's acting in everybody's best interests or whatever you could go on. Um, I mean, subversive nut job and scholar are not mutually exclusive. I, that, that's a very I was kind of thinking that in the back of my head, too. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been a combination of the three. Um, and, and so when Boethia, uh, had her conflict with Trinimac, it would have been either Boethia defending Veloth or Boethia presenting things for Veloth to consume. You see? Um, and so the conversation that would have happened among Altmer at that point would have been either between future converts to Velothi culture or current converts to Velothi culture. Mm-hmm. So that at that point you, that you know, then you can kind of divide things in half between like so when you're when you're trying to decide. Oh wait, what's this? One for each iniquity that Lorcan made clear to the world. Veloth read these signs and he told Boethia who confirmed them, and he told Mephala who made wards against them, and he told Azura who sent Amsavi to steer the true folk clear of harm. See, that sounds like uh, that sounds like temple doctrine to me. That's yeah. you know uh, that that's that's green assault stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, that uh, what what I'm concerned with is really whether or not there were Altmer who were um, firmly in, like so. I think what we can assume is that there were basically three. Um, uh, there were three divisions of Altmer at this point. There were the the diehard devotees of Trinimac who became Orsimer, the diehard mm-hmm. the diehard followers of Veloth slash Boethia who became the Dunmer or the Chimer, I should say, and. Um, a third group, a very large group, who uh, remained Altmer to this day, who didn't give a shit or really weren't falling on one side or the other more than anything else or weren't in the vicinity at the time or anything like that. Or followed Oriel. Or were more, yeah, more identified as Oriel followers or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think a lot of the initial sundering was mainly, I think, between the Velothi who actively believed in the Boethian teachings that uh, Orbis was a prison and that it was an opportunity for them rather than just a place for them to wait to die. And the majority of the Aldmeris society either wasn't invested enough or remained faithful enough to Ariel that they stayed put. And then the Trinimac group was dedicated enough to the specific ideals of Trinimac about keeping Aldmeris unified that they felt the need to go and actively chase them. But when Boethia's teachings won, when you win an argument, you typically, when you win a religious argument, you don't convert the people who lost. Hmm. They wind up either rejecting you more or rejecting their old path, which you've shown them to be false, and then finding a third way. Mm -hmm. And this was very much a religious thing rather than a more intellectual thing where you can say, here's the reasons I'm right. You have to come to accept that this is true. Uh, So that's the reason they went off to be orcs instead of Velothi, because they still hated the Velothi. They just lost to them, and that made a new path. Yeah, it's it's something that a lot of people mm. have been pointing out in, uh, or, or they probably already always been pointing this out, but it's something I've been reading a lot about, which is the idea that um, arguing with someone over an emotional point, like politics or religion frequently are, um, sometimes, as a matter of fact, more often than not, um, just e- even if you bring up all the best points in the world and present irrefutable arguments, they just become even more convinced that they're right. And um, it's a uh, beca- because of the way emotions and, and uh, uh, work and also because of the way uh, psychologically people rely or depend on a, uh, a worldview that makes sense to them. And right. when and the, the sort of the psychological repercussion that or, or shockwave that happens when that shaken is to double down and just, you know, put your hands over your ears and go, no, that that can't possibly be true and become even more convinced that you're right. Because sure. otherwise you're going to be what you, you're going to be emotionally speaking, walking around all the time like, I don't know what's going on. Everything could be true. Everything could be false. I don't know. Everything's crazy. I'm going nuts over here. This is Michelle going nuts. Yeah, but Wethia didn't prove herself right. She proved Oriel wrong, and those right. are different things. A very major, yeah. uh, uh, one of the first things you learn in debate class is you don't have to be right, the other guy just has to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that then some some attempt, um, just thinking about that, that angle of kind of owning the wrongness, is that more or less what's gone on with the orcs become, becoming the orcs and clean? to and curses and oh possibly um to do with winning and losing and kind of trying to own that we are losers now <laughs> kind of idea. Woo, second place yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's the kind of well this this, this is now this is now us this is what we can do let's do it let's be the best losers we can mm-hmm. um so, sort of deal um possibly making the best out of the mm-hmm. least uh Carving L's into their foreheads. <laughs> Woo! All right, yeah, we suck. Ow. Um, hmm. it's uh, it, it's a little bit difficult to say. Um, to the tomb of Smash Mouth. <laughs> it's uh, oh, good, I get that reference. Um, so it's a little bit hard to say how Orsimer culture retains its longevity because one of the things about mm. um it cultures doesn't. that hmm. It doesn't. It's defined in terms of negation of the, the environment around it. There right. isn't a strong or Samari culture in itself, and every time we try to build one, it gets burned down by the fucking Bretons. Mm-hmm. And they have to start over again. Yeah. yeah. Although the Iron Orcs are an interesting case there. These, there's, a, there's a story in ESO about how the Iron Orcs come to be, that they, that they were stone worshippers for a while, and they weren't, and they weren't really getting... Any gr- gaining any ground against the Bretons who would just beat hey, them hollow? Hey, I see what the you did there. Were, gaining any they, ground, that's that's good. Yeah, that's a good because because the because the, the, the Bretons were using metal and stuff, and so, but in order to not use bone and leather and all this other stuff that really aren't, isn't good weaponry, the orcs would have to do violence to the stones. They have to, and um, they'd have to do things that they that they themselves hate. There's that that idea of yeah, they eventually double down and think yeah okay so we've got to mine this stuff mm-hmm. um but 
but they do so. They um, they double uh, again double down on the self loathing side. They they have to become what they hate. Still revere the still revere the stones, but do stuff which does violence to the stones in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Well, well it, I'm not entirely I mean, sure where I was going with that, but well, it, it's, it's just thematically, it's it sort of plays into one of the principles of Orsimer culture, which is you know do the, do the things that are really hard to do that you can't stand doing, and then that makes you tough. You know, the M in Malakath stands for masochism. Right. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Not, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It's um, not sure that I'm not sure that I'm still not sure that it's the kind of do stuff that's tough because it makes you better. That feels like a Dunmuth thing. But it's do it's stuff. It's, yeah. it's do stuff that's hard to do because you have to. Mm-hmm. Is is the orc perspective? Just deal with it. Mm. Um, well, yeah, to a degree. But the 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 Dunmer culture, ver- the cultural version in the Dunmer, takes that a little bit further and says, do do the stuff you hate because it's, you have to. Do the job that's in front of you. Um, but all but but rejoice because it makes you better. You know. Yeah. It, it yeah. whereas the Orsimer are not trying to really worry that hard about people's feelings. It's, you know, that their, their yeah. culture is a little bit more focused, uh, a little bit more immediate yeah. because uh, as, as Marilyn's pointing out it, that their shit don't last very long. Um, no. they never really get to the established point of saying, you know, why are we doing all this? They, they, they never really get that far. <laughs> like what's our reward? They, they never, they never, they never get you to that point. Instead of today. Well, yeah. yeah, and they they uh, they almost seem to reinforce that in you know, culturally, where like um, as it's it's pretty common knowledge that orcs don't live long past like 35, mm-hmm. 40 or so because they actively seek out their death. Mm. If they haven't died in battle at a certain point, then fuck it, I'm gonna go you know pick a fight with somebody until it kills me. Right, like that's, that's uh, yeah, and so. With the the oh, life is, it, is, is it, hard message, they're actively making life hard. Is an orc in the oblivion there's, or Morrowind? Yeah. There's, that, there's one. Oh, well, there's, there's, there's Skyrim Umbra. has one. There's Umbra Skyrim. in there's Umbra in Morrowind, right? Um, who's who's an orc? But I mean, you could argue that that's uh, like the sword doing some weird shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then and then in Skyrim, you can run into an orc. At least I have outside of Windhelm. I don't know if if that's <laughs> like a scripted thing. Throughout the camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like a mm. you know roadside bandit kind of randomly generated sort of thing. Um, yeah, and 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 they'll be like, yeah, you got to kill me now, and you're like, okay. Mm. Um, but I, I I think that's interesting that even in their general outlook that. Life is hard, even when life has the, um, I guess, a- ability to not be hard for a minute. Like, not time to die now. Yeah, <laughs> you just—they're just, they're just setting you up, man. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that yeah. might be a bit of a conflict between the more firmly conservative uh, stronghold culture rather than the uh, urban culture. Like the orcs, yeah, aren't a lot of them in Skyrim, which really doesn't help, but. Uh, there are two orcs in Markarth and a couple that I've run into in ESO that don't seem to show that nearly as much yet, and that might just be because they're young, but the there's a marked difference between stronghold orc culture and the urban orcs that we see in Markarth, like the, yeah. the two smiths, or I can't remember her name, but there's an orc woman in Karthwaston who separated from her family and doesn't have her matronymic anymore and that's there's very little to go on here but if you're as dedicated to reading between the lines and making shit up as i am you can find a lot of things about how or culture might be changing as if they come into more or less contact with the empire mm. yeah I, I i remember seeing something similar in um in morrowind in the Elder scroll in the Elder scrolls 3 there's again that difference between the ones that go with the empire mm-hmm. um and the ones that stay home um uh, you've kind of got this trickle of orcs that will leave the strongholds well not necessarily the strongholds but will leave orc will leave an orc dominated area and, and go and live in a city and be very very different which yeah. hmm. i don't remember how strongly this is true but i 
have not played Skyrim in a long time, so I could be making things up. But I feel like I recall there are orc legionnaires, and there mm-hmm. are a couple of characters in the strongholds who were former legionnaires. And something I noticed after talking to them to for a while and really marinating in their dialogue is those orcs all have better diction. They use longer mm. sentences with more complete <laughs> English grammar than the yeah, native right. stronghold orcs. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting cultural contamination. That's all the further I have. Yeah. yeah, it's it's also kind of interesting that they view the strongholds as a retirement home in that case. Oh. Which is if if they're going to do their duty and then go back, but then again, it could just be the whole kind of get your plot of land and go home sort of thing. Um, um, possibly, yeah. Stronghold yeah, culture, don't... even without the empire, makes a big deal of uh, when you're young, going out and making a name for yourself. We have uh, Gorbach Steelheart, I think, talks about it, which is why mm-hmm. she used to become one of your companions. Um, and a couple other characters, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they all have yeah. the idea of when you're when you stop being a teenager, you leave and then you come back when you're older and ready to raise a family or to keep teaching. But that way you can channel all your idiot destructive energy into other people and not your own community. Yeah. Mm. At least that that's the way that the males seem to do it. It's kind of interesting that you brought up the female um, orc, uh, orc there from Skyrim, but there was there's a character um, in ESO who um, who again wants to wants to kind of get um, wants to go away and see the world, but right. her parents want her to get married um, and go go and go and cement a political allegiance with another stronghold, um, and that's and that sort of thing. So again, you've well, well, we've got the kind of this to a degree the se- uh, sexual dichotomy there in the way that really isn't present in most of the other cultures in Tamriel, and the whole idea of the of the stronghold harem as well. Um, as yeah, uh, as another angle there. I, I'm going to let you speak now because otherwise you're going to explode. <laughs> uh, no, it's just uh, the presentation. Part of it is we're not working with nearly enough representational data for this. We have four strongholds. There are you can count all the named orcs in Skyrim on your hands. Um, and I haven't played ESO at all, so I'm not sure what's going on there. But there's a lot of. I feel like we're making, or we're blurring the lines between how the ruling class of the strongholds works versus how general stronghold culture works and that's okay hard to distinguish because there just aren't orc characters mm-hmm. yeah like borgach steelheart i messed up the only two continents in her name good one uh, <laughs> is not in the ruling family and she's not going to or she's not yeah. enlisted to be a political marriage so she's able to be a warrior and do pretty much whatever she wants yeah well, that's um, fair enough although she does say the line soon i will be of age the taste is bitter and i assume she's talking about old enough to settle down and die not old enough to get hitched but mm-hmm. who knows yeah so there's that, that, there's definitely a difference between uh rothgar culture and yes. skyrim culture as well because like in rothgar it's almost like uh it, it's so the the quest line, the main quest line, we're rebuilding uh, the city and whatnot. It's almost like the uh, Treaty of Peace with the Iroquois, like that story where you go around to the clans and they're all warring and killing, and you're like, no, we should all be friends and and all love each other. And I don't know. And it's uh, I kind of noticed a couple other similarities to Native American culture where like the women. Uh, are like the wise women and yes. they also uh, are the ones responsible for saying this is the guy that's going to be in charge. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that to an extent that kind of mirrors Ashlander culture because yeah. a, a lot of the political power in Ashlander culture is, is, is with the wise woman. Or the Ashcans, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the military stuff is the Ashkans and the Gulakans, but I mean that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, but there's that they, they they kind of seem to hang around and go kill stuff, but the ones that actually do the thinking and the maneuvering are the wise women, right. which seems to and the, and the way that stronghold culture is presented in Skyrim, that's that's very very structured as well. You've got the forge wife who does this. You've got another wife that yeah, Hans' uh, wife and then the wise wife. I don't remember her exact name, but she does uh, alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's also a forge wife. That's another. That's another yeah. role that they can take. Um, 
Imagine it's probably like a stable wife or something who tends to the, the animals or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's all kinds of shit that we don't see that that could be well, there extended was, from from that. Mm-hmm. There was originally supposed to be something like that in Skyrim as well, where the Nords had, you know, a war wife and a hearth wife, and oh yeah, and so on. Uh, that yeah. didn't end up making it into the game, but um, I, I, I think it's better with orcs. Yeah, I like I it a little bit more with orcs too. Skyrim so. Nordic culture is a really interesting take on how uh, older cultures get diluted through cosmopolitan experience and how we see I can tangent into why the Nords and Skyrim are the way they are for hours, but yeah, there's the dilution of their original ideals into a generic watered-down Talos and Imperial cult and basic just flavor over Cyrodiila culture for spices. Mm-hmm. Definitely interesting, and I like the juxtaposition between that and the Skyrim strongholds that are more distinctively classical orcish, and just having to accept the fact that the empire exists. Right. Mm. Yeah, there's there's part of me that's kind of itching to see a kind of second generation immigrant orc now. See how they mm-hmm. see if you could actually have an orc family that would happen within um, within the empire, because you only get the ones and twos. Right. Um, but if you actually got groups that started to migrate, well, that would require us having a stable story for a long time, and that can't happen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but that's. And I kind of want to go back to something that that Ferric um, said said um, said a while back. Um, it's the, the the orcs are people who have their own that um, who've had their cultural narrative destroyed. Um, the kind of idea, and which is kind of why you can't get that um get any get anything stable so you don't know you don't really know where you're going yeah but and so it's impossible I don't know to plan and yeah yeah there's a long-running uh bad joke that orcs are basically the african-american populace of tamriel and i think that really ties into it very well and i'd like to try and explore this without stepping on any landmines but there are parallels to be made in how the dominant culture saw them as inhuman or subhuman. Mm-hmm. They eventually wound up having to grant them uh, citizenry and accept that they were more or less peers. And now, even today, with 200 years of acceptance by the Cyrodiilic Empire, there isn't a strong orcish identity except as being, we're not Cyrodiils and we're not the people who the Cyrodiils hate either. And so they haven't been able to integrate with Tamrielic society in the Cyrodiilic army, they're always depicted as being either specialized roles or different troops who are there as well, but just because they're wearing the same uniform doesn't mean they're the same unit. And then they don't have a strong culture there, and the fact that they are never able to actually build one prevents them from being Cyrodiilic subjects entirely, or Cyrodiilic citizens, they're just Cyrodiilic subjects. Well, this is is actually a problem that a lot of uh, American immigrants have. Yeah, where uh, especially second generation American immigrants, where they identify as say Asian, speaking about my ex wife here, but um, uh, they're not American enough to be American, or I guess yeah. you could say white enough to be American. Yes, I was going to say they're not Asian. They're not. I do not have this problem. Yeah, but, but they're uh, yeah, they're not Asian yeah, enough to be accepted back in their own around. country. So or back in their their parents' country. So, you know, she she used to tell me that she didn't feel like she was Vietnamese or American. She just didn't feel like either. And she, you know, and it mm-hmm. was the only people she could really identify with were people of exactly the same generation and background as her. In other words, right. the child of a Vietnamese immigrant, you know. Yeah. And that's a really tiny number of people, you know. Yeah. Mm. There's, um, there's 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 a there's a whole body of of literature on the subject, mm-hmm. um, especially in the form of like graphic novels. There's a graphic novel I read not long ago by G. B. Tran called Vietnam America. If you haven't read it, like pick it up and take a look. It's it's yeah. it's really great. But orcs, yeah. <laughs> um, so so I, I I have a question specifically for you, Merlin. Um, Dude, well, a couple questions, I guess. It's kind of a multi-tiered thing. Um, we we kind of compared the the orc strongholds to the Ashlanders a little bit, but do you think that the Ashlanders and 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 the stronghold orcs there's perhaps a difference in almost structure? Because if if what we see of the Ashlanders in Marwan, we've got 
the four main tribes. All right, the Urshilaku, the Arabinibson, the Zainab, and the um, was it that? Ein the what? The Eintab or something. Something, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember what the last. I think it's sound to be frantically looking at yeah. the USPA. So, <laughs> yeah. But whereas, whereas while we while we look at orc strongholds, I mean, from what we see in Skyrim and and, and ESO, there's little settlements kind of sprinkled around. Do you think that's just a um, a difference in how they're displayed? Uh, is that um, just a, a, a game design choice that they're actually more Ashlanders? than what we see in Morrowind or or is it that these strongholds are more like um you know like like little self-contained farming communities of like one or two families and there's a lot more of them does that does that make sense um in this thread we're going to briefly pretend that i have actually played Morrowind um (laughs) i think Uh, yeah, I have doors that way, motherfucker. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're both. They start out as being both the stronghold and the Ashlanders are defined as uh, <clears throat> fractures against a more dominant body of the group. But the Ashlanders, at least as far as I know, aren't actively persecuted by the Dunmer. They're just very insular and go into the wasteland to live yeah, by themselves. Out, outside of the dissidents and, and the Nervarine cult, yeah, for, for the most part, they're yeah, pretty uh, largely left alone except for in, in, um, kind of a, a imperial sort of sort of interests. The Dunmer want, you know, the house Dunmer want resources or they want sure. trade and, you know, they'll do the, the Cortez or Columbus kind of thing and just kind of waltz in and Right. Expect people to kiss their ass. But they're outcasts in their own society, whereas the strongholds aren't people uh, living out in the hinterlands of Orsidium. <laughs> they're surrounded by people who don't like them at all and would happily have an racial violence against them that the Ashlanders don't see quite as much. So I think that adds a different flavor to it. But there's not really a religious aspect to it like the Ashlanders have since the Although there'd be more of a Trinomac cult in Orsinium, uh, mm-hmm. there's still everyone's pretty much on board with following the dominant idea at the time of what Malakath looks like. Sure, and 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 that's and that's really to lead into my the main question that I wanted to ask, and this is something that I've I've kind of juggled with for a while, is the notion that as uh, strongholds separate themselves from Orsinium that they look at things like the Code of Malakath and they start to interpret things a little differently. Yeah, I think that's strongly a reaction to their environment. Yeah. Um, to briefly answer your question about various population numbers and distribution, I think the Ashlanders strike me a lot more as uh, the Israelites after leaving Egypt. So they're, they're more strongly identified and organized into tribes that are aligned with each other and they're in a wilderness nobody else will inhabit mm-hmm. whereas the orcs are at least the stronghold orcs that i've seen so far strike me as more like the american pioneers of the early yeah. specifically so, um, the mormon pioneers who faced enough persecution from the other americans to go find their own place and set up their own nation uh didn't get along well with the natives around them either oh well, that's something and, i know about yeah <laughs> And so there's an aspect that they, there would probably be fewer orcs or in the stronghold in game. The fact that we see four Ashlander tribes and four strongholds is a representative, a nice representation amount for abs, absolute character counts. Uh, more than that, you start to lose track of which one's which, and fewer than that, you don't get a nice picture. But I think there'd be definitely fewer more solid and concrete orc strongholds that have a defined family identity, culture, and location, whereas the Ashlander tribes are larger, more spread out, and akin to Israelite or Native American tribes rather than a pioneering homestead. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the, the, the Ashlanders, I mean, they're, they're nomads, <laughs> whereas whereas the, the orc strongholds, they don't strike me as... 
nomadic. I mean, they build up their fortifications, their yes. walls, their their you know the, those kind of crescent shaped exactly. houses, the lodges. They're very like fortified. They just have territory yeah. on the edge, and they take as much of it as they can. And there's nowhere for them to move to. Yeah, and they yeah. get kicked out of it. As I don't know offhand of any records of strongholds getting sacked. Um, I would assume that absolutely happens. It's just by 4200, Skyrim is kind of chill about it. True. I, I just kind of assume mm-hmm. it would happen because, I mean, the whole of Orsinium. Yeah, if they can burn Orsinium, they can burn a stronghold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Although, like, do hey, we know if Orsinium here. moved at all in the first 500 times it got burned down or if it was. No, I did not. Okay. Okay. That does seem like a very orcish thing to do. We're just going to build up exactly where you guys burned it down the last time. Yeah. And that just <laughs> yeah. 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 50 or whatever was severe enough that they had to move. However many times that Orsinium sank into the swamp. <laughs> well, yes, that was a Monty yeah. Python reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of interesting from a, cult, um, from a cultural standpoint. And... It's sort of interesting as well if you look at uh, how Orsinian passed the orcs. Yeah. Um, as, as a text, it's the kind of trying to build that heritage almost. Right. Gort, right. I know Gortwalk certainly was doing that. Yeah, um, for sure. In, 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 in looking at, in looking at trying, trying to build that up. And then we get to the situation in the fourth era where there's just nothing. It's just, it's, mo- it's, mo- it's moved and we don't really know what's going on. It's got a slightly different name. It's, I can't remember whether when Orsinium becomes Nova Orsinium or no, when uh, Legion moved it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we've got that shift. Um, we've got that shift happening, which gives them even less roots than they had before. Yeah. But, and that's yeah. the distinction between the nomadic culture of the Ashlanders and the refugee culture of Rothgar. Um, the yeah. nomads have, and the Ashlanders have a distinct culture. And even though they, don't stay in the same site perpetually, they're able to maintain a sense of continuity with their history, whereas Orsinium gets mm. destroyed uh, every century or two. And so they don't have anything there. Yeah. Uh, that's fair enough. Um, hang on. Yeah, no, cool. Ferex got a question of, well, what would happen if Orsinium wasn't ever under threat or destroyed? But there's part of it saying, well, it probably wouldn't be or it probably wouldn't yeah. be Orsinium in that any was, that was say, yeah. <laughs> but it's also the idea of well, there's there's part of me that's thinking, well, they would go looking for trouble. I think so well. too. Yeah. Part, part um, of part of orc culture is that they they thrive on feeling they thrive on being oppressed, not feeling oppressed. They don't, yeah. you know. There's there's a big difference. They, I, I mean, there's a lot of white people out there who feel oppressed. But they're not. <laughs> um, but at, like, so there's like a big like, uh, I mean, or or summer in Elder Scrolls, it, it, like we discussed previously, it's like it's their lot in life to be. Yeah. And you know, it's their role in the mythic to be crapped out. Yeah. And um, it, so the idea of uh, uh, the idea of uh, of of the the representation of the Orsimer, in other words, their tower, not being under threat, just wouldn't. It wouldn't. Ha- it would be a very. It would be a setup. The or that's what the re- that's what the result. The, what the response by the orcs would be yeah. is okay. <laughs> where are the yeah, cameras? Where, where's the trick? What's going on? Is the cave a trick? Yeah, it always yeah. a trick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. See, yeah, it always I, a trick. <laughs> I can't come up with the exact name I'm looking for at the moment, but I think. Orc unity can really only be achieved under external pressure. And so they rely on other mm-hmm. people to be the enemy. And if they don't have one, they'll do it themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's we see that in the way they pick their ruling class. Uh, but mm-hmm. oh, an interesting narrative shift. It's a weird kind is, of nationalism, really. Yeah. Us versus uh, them kind of. Woo. Right. Uh, there's been an interesting narrative shift in uh, Skyrim. I say I have not played any of the others. Uh, but the way the story sees threats uh, post-Oblivion Crisis is there's less supernatural, regardless of Alduin, who I still maintain as a sideshow, <laughs> and more we're moving into actual endgame 
If you guys don't like Coda, you should probably sign off this chat now because that's where I'm pulling this from. Shouldn't have walked but, in here in the first place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, with the uh, Altmer moving into Endgame with their goals for destruction of the towers and unwinding of the orbits, uh, that's a pretty consistent external threat that everyone else on Tamriel, including the orcs, can unite to deal with. So we could be moving into a stage of the story where we see an actual more consistently unified and progressing Orsinium because they have to if they're going to actually meet this. Um, five mm. different fingers can't punch, one fist can't. Sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. So if, with the Thelmor trying to do their thing, everyone else has to stop shitting on the orcs because the Thelmor are a bigger threat. The orcs have to be able to actually experience coming together yeah, under non-immediate persecution for the moment and see what they can build up before yeah. CODA happens, pretty much. And then yeah. I think MK killed them all. I don't remember CODA sufficiently. Well, they, they, are, they, aren't remen- they are mentioned. But I would, I would almost really think that... a big fan that, of them in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you kind of almost would see a split in Aenor culture at that, at that point anyway, because there's, there's part of me that's... Uh, um, particularly seeing how they um, how they present the old Murray Dominions looking into other cultures in ESO, in ESO, that I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure whether we can translate it directly to the third Dominion that we see in Skyrim, but I totally think that um, they would be stupid not to make some sort of overture to the Orcs and say, "Hey, we like Trinamac as well. Um, come join come join come join us and regain your rightful place as the Shield Thane of Oriel." Yeah, I think they're. There's definitely a lot of potential for a quizzling story in regards to the cult of Trinamac uh, yeah. going back to Aldmeris and trying to restore that. But mm. I, I'm 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 seeing I'm seeing Steve Bashimi with tusks going. How do you do, fellow orcs? Well, we've literally hit exactly an hour. Did we actually discuss everything we wanted to talk about? I, mean, I uh, did we do it, Reddit? I, I, I was uh, thinking about you know their their marriage practices and potentially talking about the split of Trinamac into Stendar, Zenithar, and RK. You're gonna have to no, explain you say that for Trinamac. Okay. Oh, yeah, right. with, with Malakast, <laughs> it's the little, little little bit that squirted out. And the fact that they have this kind of marriage practice to describe in Skyrim is incredibly lazy story writing to me, and I don't like that it exists, so I prefer to just ignore both of those. <laughs> Works have big yeah. TDs. I did kind of want the um um the, the debate of well that um are, are they are they mer or are they beast folk? Um because that's um that the um, Argonians, I can remember the names. I don't care yep. about the lizards. They're straight up aliens, and so yeah. I don't think they count at all. And the Mer or Man is a state of mind, not a state yeah. of body. The Red or the Red Guards are, and the Yokudans are strongly Mer aligned, whereas the Dunmer are Man ick, but not. That's more an alliance of convenience and mm-hmm. general parallelism rather than actual alliance. And I think the Orcs are men. Flying okay. over first to think uh, of them as mammoth. Yeah, they're mammoth. Uh, <laughs> except for <laughs> Well, yeah, but it's one of the really nice things I like about the way dualism is represented in Tez is it's not perfect. It right. follows mm-hmm. the traditional icon of the yin yang in that the black fang has a white dot and the white fang has a black dot because they cross sides. So there's a tribe yeah. of men that hang out with the Aldmer, and there's a tribe of elves that hang out with the Cyrodiils. Yeah. And the world wouldn't be balanced if it didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I almost wonder with 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 that notion in mind, if if the the Orsimer aren't how the elves kind of see men, like they are the the manifestation of that Ooh. of that of that perceptual difference. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? Yeah, and so and so because they're. There's, you know, not really a middle ground. They're just kind of in an adjacent sort of area. They're 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 pariahed by both. Men don't hmm. like them because they don't look like men. 
And they're elves don't like point them up. because, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, elves almost, don't like them because they do look like men from the old uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, almost a, yeah. In, in, a meta, uh, in a metaphorical kind of sense. Um, I mean, the Thalmor pride themselves on being pretty. I could see them, like, you all look the same to me. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's a, th- a thought I had. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's fair enough. And then there's, well, there's also the question of if you if you want to think of them as potentially beast folk, that... Um, is that is that giving is that giving Boethia, um too much credit in the transformation? Um, I, do, I, do we want to think that the Daedra can't do, can't do um, can't alter the fundamental state of a being? Is that giving them too much control over um, over Nern? Well, I, theoretically, Azura uh, altered all the Argonians. These folk is a racist lie. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- that's 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 pretty much my thought because. Uh, <laughs> If if we look at like um, notes on racial phylogeny or whatever, which which talks about oh well, no one would ever own up to copulating yeah. with orc. <laughs> the leader of the Fight Club in Orsini or in Oblivion is specifically an instance of this exact case. Nobody wanted to own up to it, but he's a half orc with a human one parent. I want to say dad. That's well, really he was, a well, thing. His dad was a vampire. That was that, what made that was the twist. Yeah, not that he was yeah. half orc, but the fact that his ha- dad was a vampire. That's the thing that upset him. <laughs> yeah, like I, I absolutely <laughs> believe that uh, Cyrodiil is chock full of Thomas Jeffersons who have sex with their orcs. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, and that that specific example just makes me just makes me think underworld and just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there's a lot of there's a lot of Telvani out there who have kids that are vaguely Khajiit that they don't want to really admit. Like no. very embarrassed Telvani out there, just like oh yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, sweeps the rugs downstairs. Yeah, I don't. We don't talk about him. That's an Argonian. No, I don't think he looks like me at all. <laughs> got, got the same widow's peak and everything. Yeah. No, it's kind of oh, you say he has my eyes. <laughs> Uh, but we forgot the Telvanni system here. That's this. right. This is inconvenient. I'm going to murder it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Well, I, I I think we've covered everything. That's literally five minutes over an hour, and I'm just so damn happy about that. Well, if anyone wants to read all my dumbass fan fiction, it is on my website, and I will plug that in the show notes. Do plug it. No, plug it right now. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's at Merlin.net, spelled like my name, uh, slash Oeuvre, O-E-U-V-R-E. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll pull all that stuff when I compile the sources for this when it goes to YouTube. Mm -hmm. And um, last, the last cast, uh, which was about um, Bosmer, uh, Bosmer uh, has not been uploaded yet because I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it will go up after this cast and then... Knowing me, in another two weeks, I'll put this cast up. <laughs> um, what is oh, next? What yeah, is good next? question, Farrick. What? Uh, yeah, I know Neck and upload more wind streams. I'm also working on that. Um, yeah. What are we doing next? Well, we've got. If we're talking playable races, we've got either Bretons or uh, Argonians. Ooh, Ar- <laughs> we keep putting off Argonians because we, we can't find a, an Argonians. expert. So please, once again, ladies and gentlemen, if any of you out there know anything about Argonians and have a webcam. Call us, dude. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> yeah. um, hey, LV, thanks for your tier one sub. Four months in a row. My God, really? Four months in a row, and you vote Bretons. Well, we don't have oh. anybody to do Argonians, so you're going to get Bretons. Yeah, okay. That's great, but let's pretend that had something to do with you subbing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, we'll do Bretons. Uh, I'll be nice. <laughs> well, you'll try anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's do Bretons first, then disappointment second. All right, yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm a- actually in the process of reading uh, a lot of articles about um, about uh, uh, Arthurian legend, which uh, mm. Breton lore is chock full of. So, um, might have something interesting to talk about. I'm just saying, don't hold your breath. Anyway. Okay. Thanks very much. We'll see you guys in another two weeks. Everybody say goodbye. Bye. See ya. Bye. Thanks for having me on.